0: Oh, I was hoping he was going to do that. All right, welcome to Chicken Space, episode 19. I am standing here, and of course there's all the chickens, but today what's special is all the turkeys. You guys have gotten so big, a certain age, their heads, they get this blue on them, they're red, they have snoods, these long things that stick out over their nose, and uh They run around with their tail feathers up a lot, looking like those uh, pictures of Thanksgiving turkeys. We don't really mention the word Thanksgiving around these turkeys very often. They get a little sensitive. Uh, But anyway, today, episode 19, glad you're here. Gonna be talking about some work I'm doing with a person, the importance or the value or anyway, the interesting stuff about noticing the space that's between things. Um, And then this picture that, that I've been playing with the last couple of weeks about four horses. The four horses of conscious awareness, of noticing the things. A brown horse, a gray horse. Now we're talking. Oh, you're talking because Bergen's barking. There's a little communication going on here. Anyway, these four horses, you hang around. I'm going to talk about those here on Chicken Space, episode 19. As always, if you want information about the farm, go to manyspokes.com. Information about the healing work that I do is at icemethod.com. And welcome. Chicken Space today. Thank you. I am a stranger. I've never seen the place I'm going. Episode 19 of Chicken Space. And it is peaceful this afternoon. looking out across the valley, the lake down below, 900 feet down there and a mile out, maybe an hour left of the sun before it ducks behind the mountains over there chickens are just calm and quiet and happy I'm sitting in the gazebo it is the only structure we have up on this land for us other than what the chickens have to be in and uh, we sold our house this spring I told you and um, the folks didn't want the gazebo so it's up here looking out over this beautiful view completely still yesterday the wind was just blowing like really hard today it's just that idyllic sort of temperature so, thanks for being here. Going to talk a little bit about space, a little bit about—I think it's consistent with notes—but mostly about space and pictures and things like that. And um, about the age of fifty, so a good eight years ago, I think I had one of the most important transitions I've ever had in my life. That in the fifty years before that. I think it's accurate that I've spent the entire time under the quality of looking at the things in life. My life always had the quality of being focused on one thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And if I didn't have something to do, it would be focused on the quality of boredom, of not having something to do. But it it wasn't noticing the space. It was always attention on, Awareness of noticing the thing. And somewhere around the age of 50, when I started to get interested in memory reconsolidation and developing the ICE method, I actually read a book by Frank Kinslow where he described noticing the space between things, and he never said where it came from for him, but I don't think it's original to him. It's in the Eastern traditions. But noticing the space, I would say, is the most fundamental shift, difference in my life between the time before that and this time now. And like I've shared in other, in other uh, podcasts up to this time about using that space, that calm, for the ice method, and certainly that's been a very powerful tool. Um, but then also how just letting my attention be in the space has sort of, has really, actually not sort of, but really opened up a sense of spirit that's grounded in, this, in these distinctions between the things that we focus on, the nothing we can focus on, and the everything that we can focus on. I've been uh, working with a person for the ICE method who has some stresses in their life, a person who's older than me and uh, just decided to take it easy this time with this person instead of really going after the issues, um, issues that are big enough that they've, you know, they've caused some, some long-term reactions in this person's life, some, some moves into some low spaces. And so rather than just getting on the issue, we talked, and it's like, you know, I just, just really want to get you comfortable with being aware of the space and how this ICE method works and some smaller things before we start to pay attention to these things that have been big deals in your life. And so that first time we met maybe a month ago by Skype, it was like, you know, I just, I just want to show you one of the most important things that I at least think that I can show you, and that is for you to like look away from the screen where you're looking at me and look at that doorknob over there in the corner of your room. I said, just humor me. It's actually one of the most important things, I think, from my perspective of life, as one who's taken notes on this life, one of the most important things that you can do is to just make the choice now, the intentional choice of where you're going to put your attention. And just put it on a simple It doesn't matter. The doorknob is not the important thing. What's important is that you're choosing where you put your attention. I said, just humor me and do it. And so she humored me and did it. I said, you see the doorknob? She said, yes. I said, now humor me a little bit more and say out loud, I see the doorknob. And that's what she said. I see the doorknob. And then say this. I see the doorknob and I see the space between myself and the doorknob. I said, "Do you see that space?" And she hesitated for a long time, and then she said, "I I think I see that space." And she made the truthful answer that almost everyone on this planet makes, that we don't notice the space. For the first 50 years of my life, I did not notice the space between things. I noticed the thing. I had been trained that way from birth, just like almost all of us are trained that way. To notice the ball that my parents were ro- rolling towards me. Eventually to notice the spoon and the fork that they put in my hand and that I learned to eat with. To notice the thing, to notice the food, and then to notice, of course body training notice the diaper notice using the toilet notice the letters of the alphabet notice how the letters of the alphabet make words notice how words make sentences notice how sentences make paragraphs notice numbers notice how numbers can be added together and subtract notice 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 one thing after another for 50 years i just spent my attention noticing things, going to school and noticing grades, getting accepted to a college, noticing the work, the different jobs I did, noticing relationships, eventually marriage, kids, the things, one thing after another, after another, and then finally at the age of 50 becoming aware of the space between things reading in that book by Frank Kinslow, you can actually notice the space between things And doing that exercise and just like, oh my gosh. It was an oh my gosh moment that changed my life ever since the time I did that, maybe eight years ago. And so working with this woman, she said, "I, I think I see that space. And that was kind of all we did that first session taking it slow i said just practice seeing the space next time we met a week later she said you know i can only see that space when you help me see that space i said well let's spend some more time doing it the third time she said yeah i see i see the space and now after four or five sessions together we'll get on the skype i said you see the space she says i see the space i said how does it feel it feels wonderful and i say to her i invite you to live your life from the awareness of this space exceptions will show up and you can use the ice method to bring those things to calm so they no longer take your awareness away from this space what happens when you're aware of the space your stress response turns off like just feel the stress of your day of paying attention to one thing after another thing after another thing after another thing and feel the difference of noticing the space that exists between all things. If you're driving in your car right now, just say out loud, I see that car ahead of me or whatever it is, wherever you are. And I see the space between myself and the car ahead of me sitting right here. I see the space between myself and the distant mountains, a whole valley full of space with that big, beautiful Lake Chelan down at the bottom of the valley and feel the difference of your stress response turned off and hear the invitation to live your life from noticing the space. Sure, you can notice the stuff, the mountain, the lake, the valley, the car, the appointment you have this evening, the dinner you need to make, whatever it is. But there is a space, and you can notice that, and you can live from that. That's the biggest transition I've ever had in my life. And what I realize is, and I've done this work now with hundreds of people, the ICE method. I have never yet met a person who says to me, you know, when we start to work, Oh yeah, I spend all my time just noticing the space. Or, Oh yeah, I notice that space. Or even, even like, Oh yeah, I see that space. Now I'm not saying there's not other people who don't live out of noticing that space. But for every one of the people that I have worked with so far in these last six, eight years, whatever it is, that space for them has been the same as for me. It came as a revelation, this fundamental transforming revelation for me. I haven't met another person so far since then who said, oh, yeah, I live out of the awareness of that space. Okay, now I'm not saying I'm unique. That's not the point of it. The point is just the rarity. Or the opposite side of that same coin is how, how common it is for us to live life focused on the things instead of the space. And how it's so common that it doesn't even seem like a big deal. It's just the way it is. And how I'm inviting you now to like to just get that. Like this woman that I'm currently working with on Skype who's older than me, who spent her whole life looking at the space. And it's like, like, yes, this is this is completely different than my whole experience of life tonight so far. Yes, I feel the difference. I feel physically the feeling of what this feels like to have my stress response turned off yes i want to live out of the awareness of this space wow that's great it's almost like chimes going off someone working on a far hill they're hitting something with a sledgehammer some piece of metal (laughs) so we'll just enjoy the chime if you can hear it don't know if it shows up on this recording or not and so i say to this person you know Yeah, just like so many of the people I work with, I invite you to live from this space, this awareness of the space with nothing in it. And when the exceptions show up, you can use the ICE method. You can reconsolidate, take the edge off of, take the upset out of those memories so that they no longer grab your attention out of stresslessness, out of stress-free, out of calm. Now, I can notice all sorts of things in life, but at the same time, I'm aware of the space. Mostly, I live without my stress response turned on. So, chicken report, the, the light is getting shorter in our days. It's light now till about 6 and doesn't really get light in the morning until 7, and so there's there's not enough light. Now, I need to add this artificial light, so I keep adding um these inexpensive little solar lights and it's not enough and so I told you earlier I got up to like 24 dozen eggs this fall and it's like we're really rolling now Now I'm down to 10 dozen eggs you sell those that's 50 bucks so so the gross income of, of having 600 grown chickens that are laying eggs supposed to 700 baby chicks coming along the gross income is 50 bucks a day Well, that does not That does not a living make. That's not even the expenses. I would be so much better off being a barista at Starbucks in terms of economics. But the point is, it hasn't really taken me out of calm. I'm noticing this situation. I'm aware of it. It's a possible uh, game changer, game breaker. Like, if I can't get all this stuff figured out, it's like, I can't really... I don't know how I'm going to get to this goal now of 3,000 chickens and a model, a working model of saving all these acres of food and having a successful business that I can make a model of and replicate and show other people how to have a life doing this. And it's like, well, I've given everything I had to this now for the last two and a half years, and I'm still happy to give everything I have to it. And I'm calm about the possibility that this... this um Venture may go differently than I had originally. Imagined. And to be calm in the midst of that, right? I could be frantically trying or depressedly giving up or something like that. It's just like, oh, there's a space around all of this. It's not going in the way that I expected. It doesn't really require a stress response. That's not really going to help the situation. Right? Just an example. I'll talk more about that another time. This time I really want to talk about this space, this calm. And this picture that arose for me. Like I was saying, like in all the people I worked with, I've never met anybody that just says, oh, yeah. Yeah, I I live from an awareness of the space between all things. And so like, not bragging, it's just like, oh, I think the most common way to live is the way I lived the first 50 years of my life. And not claiming any credit. For like becoming aware of that space, but just like, oh, when I read that in Kinzel's book, I just dove in and I've never I've never come back. I've been exploring this ever since. And a couple of weeks ago, this picture came to mind. And that's what I want to share with you today, this picture. It's a picture of four horses. And so I'm not asking you to accept this, but I'm just giving this to you as a a possibility that we have four horses to ride in the experience of life. And the first horse is like a race horse, like a quarter horse, or a Morgan, or or a thoroughbred. A horse that has a purpose, a horse that has something to do. Like a brown horse. And when you're on this horse, you're always noticing what there is to do. The, the race to win. The lasso to be thrown around the cow, you know, in a rodeo. The field to plow. This is the horse of, of the things. And when you're on this horse, with well, its sturdy leather saddle, it's a horse of getting the job done, doing the work. Figuring things out, noticing things, understanding things, duality, this or that, one thing after another after another, and this is a fine horse to ride. There are races to be won, jobs to be done. And in my experience of watching this life, taking notes on this life for the other planet, what I tell the other planet is most people come in and get a horse and ride that horse from birth to death like we never really get off this horse of thinking that this life is all about the things that you notice and that even religious people are noticing the things about religion that you know in its simplest terms religion is about like heaven and hell like like this making these distinctions between this and that and that's like the crudest distinction between heaven and hell but All these other distinctions. Theology, when I studied it, was full of distinctions that it's this. That this is a more accurate description of God than this. You're sitting on the horse of this and that. Sitting on the horse of distinctions and duality. Your awareness perceiving things, just like the woman I'm working with on Skype who has spent her life distinguishing between this and that. Good and bad, better and worse, this, that. This brown horse, this working horse. There is nothing wrong with being on this horse or any of the other three horses, any of the four horses. It's just, in my experience, it seems like almost all of us ride this brown horse for our entire life. The next horse is a kind of old, decrepit horse you just don't notice, gray Over there at the edge of the field, you don't look at this horse because it's just not worth much attention compared to the fancy brown thoroughbreds and racehorses and working horses and Morgans and all those different things that you ride when you're noticing the things. And when you finally notice that gray horse over in the corner of the field, you notice it has no saddle. But if you become interested, you go over there, you realize you can climb up on its back, and from there... For the first time in your life, you see the space between yourself and the brown working horses. And you notice that. And it's like, it's like this duh moment. Well, duh, of course there's a space between this gray horse and all the other brown horses that people ride on through their life. And like when you see it, you can't unsee it. But all your life you've been riding that brown horse, whatever horse you're riding, the working horse, so hard that you just never saw the gray horse and saw that there's a space. But as soon as you get on that gray horse, a mangy old stringy old gray horse, you see the space. This is the second horse of life which in my experience, almost no one sees. And for the first 50 years of my life, I sure didn't see that horse. So there is nothing better about me than anyone else. there's nothing better about seeing this horse than not seeing it. It's just that at some point, you might see that there's a gray horse over the corner of the field that you never saw before. In those Eastern traditions that talk about many lifetimes, it's like, oh, maybe that's a good description. We just ride many brown working horses through life, noticing this thing, that thing, the other thing. Even the theologians are riding brown horses, right? Because they're making distinctions. (laughs) The evidence is all the different Christian churches we have. What are those? Those are churches where distinctions are being made. This compared to that. And even within the churches, this pastor compared to that pastor. Nothing wrong with all of that. But it is based on distinctions, on seeing this, on seeing that, on doing this, on doing that on duality. And so sometime in this lifetime, or if this image of many lifetimes works, some, some lifetime, somewhere, you see the gray horse. You walk over to it. Give it a little talking to, and it invites you up on its back, and you climb up, and you see the space. Man. Life opens up in a way that was completely different from the ride you got sitting on those brown horses. All the brown horses of your life. The do horses, the get here, the get there, the do this, the do that horses. They're beautiful horses. They're all horses. And then this distinction between seeing the thing and seeing nothing. The space between the things that has nothing in it. Oh. And if you get on this horse and you can sit on this horse and you can just be comfortable on this horse and consider that this is good enough to be on this horse Everything else just opens up. But the thing is, there's so many of those brown horses over running over there, and you got so many memories over there. It's like, for most people, we just get sucked back onto another brown horse. For a day, a month, a year, a lifetime, or ten lifetimes, we're back riding the brown horses. And then maybe someday, oh, that gray horse, I see it again. And we get out of the saddle on the brown horse and we walk over, you know, and that that old gray horse just lifts up its head and puts it back down and eats some more grass and, oh, that gray horse. You ask if you can sit in its back and it lifts its head and kind of gives you an affirmative and up you climb and again you see the space that has nothing in it. And someday, sometime you just like breathe a sigh of relief and you just you just decide you're gonna gonna sit up here and see the space. You're gonna see the space that has nothing in it. And if those brown horses out there milling around that have space between them in if they don't call you back so strongly that you get off and lose your place on the on the gray horse and you stay here. This second horse. You having an awareness of the space that has nothing in it. Previously, it was you having an awareness of the things. And you could say you're doing something, but I found that anybody that tries to see the space can't see the space. You just let yourself come into the awareness of it, right? that's the trick of seeing one thing and then the next thing and then the space. The trick of slowing your awareness down enough so that you can go from the frenzy of your life to the awareness of nothing. Or saying out loud, Oh, I see the doorknob. I see the space between myself and the doorknob or of holding your hands up in front of you like you're having a prayer with your palms together and slowly pulling your palms apart at the speed at which you can see the space between your palms. Try it. People like that one. Oh, I see the space between my palms, a space that has nothing in it. It's the gray horse. Oh, do you hear those fluttering wings of the chickens? I don't know what they got excited about, but they're all following some chicken over to the other side of the field. The gray horse. The third horse is a radiant white horse. With a white leather saddle. Brilliant. Light. And this is the horse, when you go over to it and sit up on it, it's like, ah, oh, this is the God horse, the spirit horse. Your awareness. Becoming aware that the space that has nothing in it is the space that has everything in it. You start to get that, that language of the opposites being held together. Everything and nothing. Nothing. The space with nothing is infused with spirit. You see the space with nothing long enough. And instead of seeing the things, it's like the things arise out of this space that has nothing in it, that has everything in it. And suddenly the things become spirit, like the space is spirit, and everything is this radiant spirit. I have that picture sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I have that. I sit on that horse and everything is radiant spirit. Good and bad dissolve into the allness of infinite everything. Now, you know, I studied theology, you know, I became a pastor. Yeah, that was all that was all brown horse stuff. learning God as a thing, right, God is this, not that, I mean that's what you go to th- <laughs> that's what you go to seminary for to make better distinctions, and then to learn to express those distinctions to other, oh my goodness, if I'd known about the space, if I'd known about that gray horse on the edge of the field and been able to share that with people as a pastor would have been an entirely different experience the white horse you never see from the brown horse or like if you do you do right but but you end up evaluating it from the brown horse from this and that good and bad duality the work of definition it's not the piece of nothing and everything You go over, you get on that gray horse, you put your awareness over there and let yourself become peaceful about nothing. Peaceful about nothing until everything arises. But now it's the everything of infinity, not the individual things. And eventually the individual things melt into the nothing, melt into the infinity. I've had occasional pictures of that. Times where I've rested in that. Spirit and infinity, not as the distinction between this and that, but the everything out of which this and that can be perceived. And the only duality from this place is the duality that I seem to be having. I, there seems to be a me that's having this perception of infinity. On the white horse, there seems to be a me, an ego, a consciousness that's mine, that's having this perception of infinity. And on the gray horse, there seems to be a me, an ego, a consciousness, a person, who's having the perception of nothing. And on the brown horse, the definite, undisputed perception that there is this thing, because everything is a thing, on the brown horse, there is this thing that's me, that perceives other things, that acts on other things, that changes them, and they act on me, and I react to them. And so the first three horses, there appears to be a me having a perception of things on a brown horse, of nothings on a gray horse, and everything, infinity, spirit, on the radiant white horse. There's been a time or two in my life where I've had a perception of that fourth horse. I've read some things. The fourth horse is black. Black like the color black that absorbs all colors. Black like the color black that absorbs consciousness, that absorbs separateness, that absorbs ego that absorbs all distinction, that absorbs nothing, that absorbs everything. In the first three horses that we ride in life, we are having perceptions of life. On this fourth horse, the black horse is having an experience of us. And when we perceive that, us floats, ego floats, ego disappears. Ego becomes unattached to this thing that is the self. The black horse has an experience of it, but there's no attachment to me having an experience of it. That's the first three horses. Me having an experience of the thing, me having an experience of nothing, me having an experience of everything, And if we're still alive at the end of all that, like, I think I I am. Here I am. There's still a body. There's still a heartbeat. There's still synaptic brain function. And now an awareness arises that infinity is having an experience of this. This amazing thing that infinity can have an experience of the finite. Like I know people having surgeries today. You know, they're having that experience. I know they're having that experience, but they are having that experience. They get to have a finite experience. And infinity, which is just, just infinity, which is just everything, which is probably really boring and not the special thing. Like it's finitude. Finitude. That person over there on that other ridge, at chime sound, they're building a building over there. They're having that experience. The person having surgery is having that experience. The people who love that person, they're having that experience. I'm having this experience of chatting into my phone, making this podcast number 19 of Chicken Space. You're having the experience of listening to it. On the brown horse, there's a thing to be absorbed. On the gray horse, there's a space between every word and the space between everything. On the white horse, there's there's the awareness that it's all infinity. And then the black horse, infinity, has an experience of finitude. I still have this body, this heart, this synaptic function. But in the awareness of the black horse, there's no ego that's attached to any of it anymore. The ego is just floating. The ego is like a kneecap. Or a toe. Or the tree out there, or the mountain. There's, there's no... There's no... Like connection that has to be between this sense of self and this ego, this consciousness that's having experiences that's brown horse stuff that's gray horse stuff that's white horse stuff this black horse, infinity has the experience of finitude this black horse is beyond language because any language is saying it's this, not that, right? it's trying to put a picture in our mind That's why a black horse is good, because you know it's not a black horse. It's just like a picture, trying to make a picture out beyond. That somehow infinity gets to come in and have this experience of finitude. And like just putting these words together, you realize they're ridiculous. (laughs) And then I'm gonna send them over to the folks that put this out. They're gonna share it. But maybe there's gonna be some some connection. Hmm. Well, it is definitely nice to share this. Kind of easy to talk about the brown horse. It's actually kind of easy to talk about God when you're in a brown horse because you're talking about all these things. In the space with nothing unusual, but still consciousness, you know, saying, consciousness having this perception. If you stabilize on that gray horse, Perceiving the nothing that's around you, a rare thing in my experience. No better or worse than riding a brown horse, but a rare thing. Rare still to have the awareness, which would just naturally arise from hanging out on the gray horse long enough. To do. This is all infinity. The things, the nothing, the space, the, fill, the fullness, the stuff that invades the space, it's all infinity. You can rest there too. But there's still a you, a perception of a you that's resting. The, the black horse, I don't know how to talk about it even though I'm yakking about it. Just this sense like that infinity Gets to have an experience of me. But there's no me left. There's no me that's a thing. Having an experience. It's infinity having experience through me. Unattached. And yet there's still this me that's here. This me that was out collecting eggs a couple hours ago. But when I was doing that, I was, I was probably on a gray horse. Infinity is always having an experience of finitude, right? We're just not aware of it. There's always a space. When we're, when we're on the brown horse, we're just not aware of it. This is all infinity always, right? But when we're on the gray horse, noticing the nothing, we're just not aware that it's infinity. And when we're on the white horse, we're just not aware that infinity can have this experience without our ego needing to be attached, without us needing to take control of our perception, of our awareness. So back to that Skype session, I was telling this person, like one of the most important, valuable, meaningful things you can do is to take control of your awareness and let yourself be aware that there's a space And then out with this black horse, somehow this sense like, yes, you take control of your awareness to notice the thing, the nothing, the something. And then your awareness, your consciousness, your ego. You know, what are the words? It dissolves, it floats, becomes unattached to this thing that's still walking around. The most important for me, person that I've read of who's ever described this was David Hawkins. David Hawkins, who had a a very, very successful psychiatric practice, helped a lot of people, had consciousness opening up for him, left it all, drove off in a pickup truck, the story goes, and moved to a little place in Arizona and for six years lived alone, meditating, walking into walls. And at the end of it, had this experience in which, you know, in these words we're using here, right? Black horse, riding the black horse, and he describes having to learn how again how to walk because his ego, his consciousness had had floated away from from his experience of physicality, and yet he still had this body. There was this relearning to walk, and now infinity inhabited this body instead of this distinct sense of self that we have on the white horse, on the gray horse, and on the white horse, the brown, the gray, and the white. I've had a moment or two of this. And since this picture this story this image came up to me a couple weeks ago I've been paying attention to it a lot it's the gift of chicken farming if you want time to pay attention get chickens you got day loads of time to pay attention to whatever you want to pay attention to while you're picking eggs feeding chickens gathering scraps shoveling poop so I've been paying attention to these four horses a little bit familiar with the first three or very familiar, whatever you want to say. But this fourth horse, a glimpse here and there, nothing lasting, nothing durable. I keep coming back inside of ego that there's this me that's having the experience of life instead of life, infinity, having an experience of me. But in the last couple of weeks, I have said, yep, yeah, I'm open I'm open to letting this ego float, to not having to control it, to not having to make distinctions that I have an ego or not. It's kind of nice to record that here on this podcast as a note for another planet. Right? Like I've said in other podcasts, someone once said, it's like my job is to take notes for another planet. And like, this seems like a, a useful thing to share with that other planet if they're interested in how life goes on Earth. It's like mostly we spend our lives trotting around on brown horses making distinctions. But the possibility exists that we can, we can notice what we haven't noticed before, the gray horse. And when we get up on that, we notice that there's space between everything. And noticing that, you really can't unnotice that. And that eventually, when you've noticed nothing long enough, you realize, ah, when I detach my attention from something and let myself be aware of nothing, there's a space now in which I can be aware of everything. Noticing things, you can't notice everything. Why? Because your attention is on that single thing. And that's probably like if I went back and taught a course in theology, that would be the thing that I would share. The thing, right? (laughs) That in in religious schools, especially Christian religious schools, we're always focusing on the thing. So how can you really be aware of the space of the nothing and the everything? And then the black horse of infinity that rides around all the time. With what feels like these days to me an invitation let ego and consciousness and attention just go on float and let infinity have, in its, have its way with me. And to that I say yes, but it's the ego saying yes. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? And then some of those who write about this saying, you know what, there's a, there's a not even wanting piece that comes with this. It's like, yeah, it just is. And to want it is just the ego wanting this. Anyway, that's the stuff. I've been yakking for a while. That sun is just going to go over the edge. Oh, those Cascade Mountains over there to the west. I can feel the coolness in the air. These late fall days, gosh, it's been peak color for the trees. There are whole blocks of cherry uh, trees, orchards that are red, apples, are turning yellow the poplar wind breaks bright yellow a couple days we'll be past that prime and then we'll be heading into late fall leaves falling off and early winter but on this day of beauty it's been nice to share with you these four horses that came into my awareness a couple weeks that i've been reflecting on It'd be nice to hear from you if it makes any sense or Different ways that you put life together. That's the news from the chicken farm. That's chicken space for today. Doesn't really feel like a conclusion, but I guess that would be the thing that would happen Like if you didn't have an ego attached to anything. like It just wouldn't be that important to conclude it, to make a thing out of it. Oh, yep. I guess I should just let it go and be. Just let that be. Like, See how different that is? Instead of this normal life of tying things together, walking over past the chickens now. Oh, the geese are settling in. Yeah, Boris and Glenda. Boris has his beak tucked in back under his wing. Getting cool. Chickens are climbing up into their roost. Some of them are still out eating, pecking. Grabbing a grabbing last little bit of food before they climb up into their roost for night. That insufficient light we will get that fixed friend came over today fred electrical engineer he'd done all the calculations i know just what we need to get he's going to send me the list pretty soon you guys will have enough light you can start laying eggs for the winter again yep all right well that's chicken space for today episode 19 have a wonderful day bye-bye Alright, thanks for joining in on Chicken Space. Oh, that one out in the space of infinity there, out way beyond words, and yet that's what we get when we talk on the podcast, As we get words. So, hope it's been good for you. Certainly was nice for me um, to kind of be reflecting on these things. Like I t- told you, I've been reflecting on these four horses for a couple weeks. Uh, really nice to try to put some words around them and sort of be in the presence of thinking about you, who might be listening while I'm doing this, um, this podcast, and thinking about these thoughts that really can't be put into words, anyway, all that stuff. Very, very nice to be together. Thank you so much for the gift and the privilege of it. Um, episode 19 of Chicken Space. Again, if you want more information about the farm, manyspokes.com. More information about the healing work that's at icemethod.com. I'm gonna go ride some horses. Brown ones, gray ones, white ones, black ones, and look forward to being back with you next time. If you got some thoughts to share, let me know over at the website. You can definitely get in contact with me. Um, please let me know, and I look forward to visiting with you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye bye from Chicken Space.